0: This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4ZZZ out of Brisbane, Australia. Hello and welcome to Only Human on Z Digital. I'm your host Kim and I'm here with Daniela. And this week on the show, we hear from Dr. Karen Haley, the National President of the Australian Association of Social Workers, talking about the ongoing Central Link death fiasco and the release of private information about Central Link clients who are critical of the government.
1: Well, I think it's um, widely in the public domain now Mm -hmm. that um, a a woman who is uh, an economist, also a single mother, um, wrote a blog on her experience of being um, pursued over a debt of which she was unsure of and believed that she'd already been cleared of a previous debt. And then the Minister for Human Services released her private information to another media outlet and an article was written about uh, that woman's circumstance based on information that was released without her knowledge or her permission. Now, there is already um, a matter in the, in the public domain again where opposition spokesperson for human services and that is Linda Burney has okay. sought to refer the matter to the federal police And we certainly agree, the association agrees, that this matter requires further investigation because we cannot have ministers of our government releasing people's private information without their permission. Now, there could be an argument that did did the Department of Human Services have the right to correct the public record? Potentially they did, but that should have been through the Deputy Secretary, surely, rather than releasing information to the media. And there's also question around whether, in fact, the proper channels were pursued to release that private information. But it certainly must be very frightening for people who are Centrelink recipients. They're getting a very clear message that if they speak up, that they may be subject to personal information being released or private information being released. It's a big concern.
2: So what are the impacts on a particular person having their um, information in the public domain?
1: Yes, well, the interesting thing is that I'm not sure that it does disprove the information that was released. It it seemed poorly targeted in the sense of... This woman was mainly talking about the trauma of going through uh, and the time-consuming nature and the trauma of trying to find out about the nature of the dead... And the article that was written in response, in my view, it was quite ridiculing of her that that painted her as uh, misrepresenting her situation. And I'm not sure that it is uh, fair and reasonable commentary for uh, a large bureaucracy to use information that it gathered and that which ordinarily, and in this case, should be protected, I believe, under privacy law, to then use that information against her, it would be similar to saying that um, we can now release private information about the minister um, because of a debate that he's having in the public domain. Australia has very strict privacy laws and that's to ensure that people will honest, give honest information to the various you know, health and welfare organisations that we, we work with And if people believe that their private information is at risk of being disclosed because of, um, you know, for for any reason, without their permission, it will make people less less honest with government agencies.
2: Yeah, it's quite funny because um, the author of the article said that she was um, being held accountable for her ex-partner, not um, disclosing their taxes. And um, they wouldn't contact the partner under privacy laws.
1: It it does seem a very confused um, situation, doesn't it? That at the one hand, a large government agency like Centrelink and and indeed many other agencies will often say that they cannot pursue issues because of their obligations under the Privacy Act and yet somehow saw fit to, to provide a journalist with information, private information, about the individual. It does it does seem to have contradictions. And, and for that reason, I support Linda Burney's call for this to be further investigated by the federal police.
2: Yeah. Um, and th- there's also um, the mention of the private debt collectors. And I want to mm. take your um, view, as, a, as someone who's worked in social work, the impact mm. that has on people's lives when they're being followed um, or hounded by calls and texts demanding money to be returned?
1: Yes, so uh, being subject to debt, uh, a debt collector uh, can be a very stressful situation for people and more so when, as has been established, that people often do not in fact owe a debt. So that we know that late last year there were a number of letters sent out to um, to clients of Centrelink alleging they had debts and it turned out that some of these were incorrect. Now, debt collectors, uh, generally the process is that an agency will what's called on-sell a debt to the debt collector agency and then the debt collecting agency gets a certain percentage of that debt when it's recouped. So debt collection agencies are, are very motivated to use whatever legal means possible, to recoup the money that is said to be owed. So being subject to this can be in itself a very stressful experience, but even more so if um, one is innocent, so one it doesn't in fact owe it is, and mm-hmm. and also if one is on a very low income, that it is hard enough to make ends meet. We know that many, more, well, everyone who's entirely reliant on Centrelink lives below the poverty line. And for them then to be subject to being pursued, often aggressively pursued by um, debt collector agencies adds an extra level of stress to them.
2: Mm. And um, do you think that uh, women in general are more vulnerable in this in this sort of um, situation, given that um this woman was also a struggling single mother? Um, so they're more likely to to need welfare.
1: Um, well, I wouldn't actually say that it's it's so much a gender issue that um, you know a, a, any person who is reliant on Centrelink benefits would find a process of being pursued by a debt collector very stressful mm-hmm. for the reasons that they'd have very limited capacity to repay that debt. That the um, the aggressive tactics that are often used are of themselves, um, that they do generate stress for people and and that it can be intended to to then encourage the person to pay the debt. And when a person just simply doesn't have the means for it, that's very stressful for them. In the case of single parents, which are more often than not a single mother, the extra dimension of stress is that they, they obviously must prioritise the needs of their dependents and really our government should be supporting these parents in it, and you've quite rightly described them as struggling single parents to to care for their children. So it's just not an extra burden they need. And if there is a debt that needs to be repaid, that surely we can do it in a more compassionate way than um, subjecting them to often aggressive debt um, collector tactics.
2: Mm. A lot of people report that the um, system of Santalink actually trying to get in contact with Santalink or the process involved yes. in, um, you know, trying to access welfare is quite uh, inaccessible, dehumanising mm. in some um, instances. Um, yes. What's your opinion on that?
1: Well, it's certainly uh, certainly reading the commentator's article about her experience of trying to call Centrelink and spending an hour on the phone. Does, does add up with the experiences of the people with whom we as social workers work, but it is often extremely time-consuming to be um, a welfare recipient. That's one has to have, um, you have to often wait in, as she's described, it, long queues, whether that's um, on the phone or in person. And to say these sorts of things is absolutely no um, criticism of Centrelink the staff. They are, on the whole, highly skilled highly knowledgeable and compassionate people, and but they have a very big job to do, and the welfare recipient is then left with a system that, and as far as personnel goes, appears from our perspective to be under resourced. So um, it's often said by people who work. Um, a great deal on the front line that it takes a lot of time to be a welfare client because of all these needs to be, you know, to be subject to all these different bureaucratic assessment processes.
0: Z digital for ZZZFM.org.au.
1: Now, I'm not aware of someone's personal information being released before. And one of the reasons this will be very rare is, as I've said, Australia has very strong privacy requirements, and so, for example, most people people can be confident that the information you give to service providers, whether in you know, private practitioners such as your local doctor or dentist, as well as government agencies, is protected by privacy legislation. And and so, it's it's a very rare event, and it's even more concerning that this information. Appears to have been released to a third party in response to um, a media article that was critical of the government. It is certainly a huge concern. Mm.
2: And do you think this will um, stop people from challenging particular debts, or you know, being mm. able to go into Centrelink and setting your foot down and saying, "I don't know this much
1: money"? Well, certainly, um, behaviour like this can have a chilling effect on people. That the commentator has been certainly exposed in the public domain and her private information has been released in, to say the least, a highly unusual way and a potentially damaging way. So yes, welfare recipients will know that Centrelink has their private information and if we, if the the client is then concerned and has evidence that the government is willing to release that information without what would appear to be a proper process in place. Um, This, of course, will limit people's willingness to both disclose their information but also to advocate for their own um, legal and human rights in relation to Centrelink. Mm. So
2: what would you like to see... Happen? How the system could probably um, improve or how mm-hmm. they can deal with situations such as um, this one?
1: Well, firstly, in relation to the privacy matter, we, as, as I've said, we do have strong privacy legislation in place. So I do think that um, there needs to be a proper ind- independent investigation of how how this person's information came to be released and whether the proper processes were followed. And if they were not followed, then there needs to be appropriate recognition of that by government and an assurance that it won't happen again. If the government believes that this is a proper process and after an independent investigation is found, you know, is is vindicated in that respect, then they will need to make a statement to Centrelink clients about how people's personal information will or will not be protected because if it's not going to be protected and if people share their private information, uh, are aware that the government may at its will disclose this to a third party, that needs to be known. Of course, from our perspective, as the Australian Association of Social Workers, our preference is certainly that people's privacy is protected as Every Australian citizen has a right to, whenever you visit any health or welfare professional or agency, we have a right to expect that. With respect to Centrelink, clearly there are problems there that need to be addressed. One of those problems is the sending out of the incorrect debt information in the first place, um, which was about eight weeks ago or a little longer ago than that, um, that 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 system really needs to be looked at because it is very intimidating and frightening for people who are on low income to receive a notice about a debt that they may be unable to pay. Secondly, um, we need to look at the resourcing of the agency that is it really acceptable for people to be unable to contact the authority that holds their private information and the particular blogger who, who wrote the article talked about um, spending over an hour on the phone each lunchtime trying to get through and being unable to. Um, there needs to be a better system than that.
2: Mm, and I think actually the role of social workers is quite telling because once yeah. a social worker was able to get in contact with her, they were actually able to take her to a board and review that, um, that decision. Yeah. Do you think um, social workers should have more of a role um, in these sorts of situations?
1: Well, social workers play a very important role in, in places like Centrelink. So, uh, I'm not sure whether it's more of a role, but maybe the role they play being better recognised, which is exactly help guiding people through the system, advocating for people's rights, and ensuring that those rights are met. So, in the case of that particular person, that um, her situation was taken to an independent board for review and she and her debt was um, cancelled or the debt of her ex-partner was cancelled. So this is an important role that social workers play and we need to make sure there are sufficient numbers of social workers in the system to do that, to ensure the efficient and proper working of the system and that people's rights are met. Because our income system is so important for the lives of so many Australians and we need to make sure it's working properly properly. Social workers play an important role in that. So there's a, f- a few options. In relation to Centrelink, people can request social work assistance and there's information about that at Centrelink offices and also online. Um, then the other option is that um, people can also access social work services through their, usually through the local non-government agencies such as the major not-for-profit community services. Uh, employ social workers. So that would be the two ways of getting in touch with a social worker if people needed to, you know, in, in relation to this matter. The other um, area where people might consider um, turning to is in in most states and territories there are welfare rights centres and they could also help to advise people on their, their basic rights and entitlements.
0: Mm-hmm. If you're having a problem with Centrelink Debt Collection and it's bringing you down, you might want to consider talking to Lifeline. Their phone number is 13 11 14. The website www.notmydebt.com.au is continuing to record the stories of people who have been wrongly accused of or badly treated by the Centrelink Automated Debt Collection System. Nearly 500 people have now reported their stories there. The notmydebt.com.au Website offered advice on how to respond when you get an automated dev notice from Centrally. You are listening to the Only Human podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4 z 102one FM and Z Digital on DAB Plus Radios. Love community media? You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.